This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This week on RVER, sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Hey, Chief, we got a damaged RV on its way to the OR. Well, that sounds like a job for the new head of RV surgery. <laughs> Wait, are you promoting me? Congrats, Martinez. Doctor, that RV's flatlining! Well, that sounds like a job for the new head of nursing. So you're just promoting everyone now? Yeah, kind of looks that way, doesn't it? When your RV really needs saving, Progressive has you covered. See if you could save with a leader in RV insurance. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates covered subject to policy terms. On August 25th, I'm the most brutal, vicious, ruthless champion that's ever been. The most anticipated original series is here. You may know Tyson. You're the heavyweight champion of the world, young, rich, and black. But do you know Mike? The minute you get too big, they gotta cut you down. Starring Trevante Rhodes. I'm I am Mike. And Harvey Keitel. They'll love you as much as they fear you. Now I'm really going to have some fun. Mike, series premiere August 25th, only on Hulu. Welcome back to another sparkling edition. Another one of our special player interview, ex-player interviews. Joining me this evening, flying solo for the very first time, is uh, Paul Shaw. Paul made 123 Appearances for Millwall, scoring 32 goals after joining for £250,000 in September 1997. Good evening, Paul. Evening, how are you doing, Neil? Yeah, Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no, mate, it's an absolute pleasure, absolute pleasure. So, so you played against Millwall quite early in your career, didn't you, when you were on loan at Burnley? What do you remember about that game? Yeah, I do remember actually. I think I remember the biggest thing I remember about that game is that if I was right from right in my memory, I was up against I think Mick McCarthy and and uh, Rhino as the two centre centre halves at the time. So it was it was interesting. It was obviously a an experience. I was like I think eighteen at, at the time as I went on loan there to Burnley. But um, I remember that game, and I remember yeah. I mean, obviously, um, good club. There was no doubt, even at that time, you know, and, and good players, that was the biggest part of it. You know, it just had, it just had, it had some really good players at the time. So uh, I was lucky enough to play against the, the club a few times, obviously, before before I actually joined. So that uh, was good. Because you actually scored in yeah. I think that was your first yeah. 10-year goal. 
What do you yeah, I did. I scored in that game. I think we lost, we lost the game, but um, I, I was lucky enough, actually, at Burnley to score in my first four. I think it was first four home games. So that was the start of it. I had a good time at Burnley. It was, a, it was another good club. Um, that really helped me because that was a, my first loan spell that actually worked. If you like, I, I, I went to Cardiff, actually, before Burnley. Um, Cardiff, at the time, were in the old fourth division. And I remember going there as a, I think it was 17 or early 18 year old. And um, I had a shock. I had a, I had a bit of a disaster, to be honest. But for six games, they sent me back to Arsenal. Uh, and that was my first, um, you know, real football, if you like. And uh, so after that, obviously, I went to Burnley and had a good time and, it, and things worked out from there. So, um, yeah, I remember it well. Can you remember the goal? <laughs> Uh, I think it was, uh, yeah, I do remember. I think it was a cross that came in. I sort of half hit it and it hit somebody else and rolled in the bottom corner. It wasn't a wasn't a great goal. It just, uh, you know, I think I, I claimed it. I think somebody initially gave it as an own goal, I may, maybe. And, and But being a forward that I was, I was claiming it for sure and told everybody about it after. So <laughs> Must have been quite an, an, an intimidating experience being up against a couple of, Uncompromising characters like uh, you know, like Mick McCarthy and Rhino. Yeah, I mean, honestly, that was um, you know, it wasn't it wasn't just the fact that I knew before the game who I was playing against and knew of their reputation and obviously standing as as players and um, but it was you know they lived up to everything that they that was built. If you like, you know, they were aggressive. It, you know. In the right way, I wasn't saying the, the wrong way, but as a as a as a young player, it was definitely a, a learning um, experience. You know, I I just played in you know youth reserve games really before that, so to go up against two really experienced players in real competitive games was was great for me. I, I do remember the game. I don't think I didn't have a very good game. I wasn't involved very much, but um, you know that was that was part of the learning experience. I'm sure. You obviously did enough to impress somebody because because a few years down the line it was remembered. Uh, you played under Bruce Rioch at Arsenal, didn't you? A former Millwall manager, and we had uh, Alex Ray on last night, who was signed by signed by Bruce Rioch, and uh, some of the stories he was saying. How did you find playing under Bruce Rioch? It was an experience. He was. He was very honest. <laughs> he was very honest with with everyone. Um, I appreciated that, to be honest. I didn't. I I like that with with any any coach or manager I had. Um, he when he first came to Arsenal, of course it was it was sort of tough for him at Arsenal because he had a lot of big characters at the time, big personalities, you know. So he had to come in and um, you know set his stall. Right from the from the beginning, I remember went on pre-season with 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 Arsenal at the time as he first came into the club, and um, you know again he was very honest, but he was very honest with everybody. At that point, it didn't matter if it was a you know if it was a season pro that had been there for years or a young player like myself. Um, he came in and, and set it all out, and I actually I, I I really liked him. I thought he was um, his ideas as far as coaching and were very good. Um, he straight away said that he wanted to to back young players, which was good for me at the time. And um, I remember being involved for, in a number of number of games early um, when, when he first took over. So, you know, I, I got on fine with him, got on well well with him. You know, I respected him a lot. 
So how did you move to Millwall come about? Because you'd had a few games in the Arsenal side, as you've just said. Then Arsene Wenger came in. And yep. they kind of dried up a little bit, didn't they? Yeah, I think, I think and, and, and again, he was another one that came in and was... Um, was very honest with all young players at that time. And I was in and out the the, the squad at the time. And uh, he just said to me, listen, you know, we've got players coming in. Um, I think your opportunities are going to be limited. And, you know, I want to find the right place for you to to go and play. And it, it was really interesting, actually, because the one thing I really liked with Arsene Wenger is I, I'd actually had a couple of opportunities to leave before I went to Millwall. Um, one was obviously in, in England, one was actually abroad, and he sat down with me and actually went through those those um, opportunities and, you know, sort of gave his opinion on them. And, and I really respected him for that. And um, at the time, I remember when Millwall came, came in, um, again, we sat down, went through the, the offer, and, you know, he, he said, I think this is going to be a good move for you. I think it's a good club. Um, it's, it's something that, that I think will work for you. So, um, you know, I think, you know, they got a good offer, you know, financially for the for the club as well, but it's Arsenal. They're not going to be worried about 250 grand. But I, I really appreciate the fact that he sat down, went through the the offers or the, the, that came in and, um, and went through, through it with me. So it wasn't a case of me, me being a young player that was just to one side and, you know, we're not interested in you anymore. And obviously we just want you to move on. He, he actually took the time to um, to to sit down with me and go, go through those offers, and I, I I really appreciate that and respected that. So, did you have more than one offer at the time? Well, actually, it was it was a it was a couple of months before I had a couple of offers before that, um, which, as I said, we I didn't agree on at that time, and then it, you know a couple of months after the, the Millwall one came along, so. Um, not at that time did I have more than, than one offer, but it was definitely. Um, I think it was it was out there that I was available, and um, you know it was just making sure that, that that we picked the right one. And and to be honest, as soon as I had the offer, as soon as I spoke with Billy Bonds at the time, I knew that this the Millwall was the place I wanted to go. There was there was no doubt, and um, you know, I, thankfully it uh, it worked out pretty quick. Because I guess that you'd probably played against Millwall a few times in the reserves and things like that. So you had a good idea of what the club was about. Yeah, I mean, that was the thing. Growing up at Arsenal, obviously through the youth team, through the reserves, we played against Millwall a lot. So I knew a lot of the younger players there. I knew, obviously, what about the club. Um, you know, and so it, it, it was something that I just thought was just, it just felt right. And I think that's really important. And that's on something that's I've sort of taken with me throughout my career is it has to feel right, you know, and, and, and I think you have that feeling if it's not right, you know, you, and, and with all, all these moves and, and, and especially the Millwall one, it, it just felt right. It was good. I wanted to stay in London at the time. Um, I didn't really want to travel still, still being a, a, a young guy. So, um, and I just thought it was a club we were in. What was the old, Division two at the time, like League One, and 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 I just thought it was a club that was on the up, and um, you know I wanted to make sure that, that, that I was part of that. So you didn't have any <laughs> dropping down a couple of divisions then, because you were obviously playing in the Premier League at Arsenal, Millwall Division Two, League Two, whatever you want to call it, League One. Yeah. Now there was no hesitation. No. 
Not at all. I, I, I thought, to be honest, it was, uh, you know, uh, you could say playing in the Premier League, but I knew I wasn't really playing in the Premier League. So it was a case of I needed to go somewhere that I knew I was going to have a good chance of playing every week. That was the biggest part for me is, is going somewhere where I can really learn, going somewhere that I was going to be part of a, of a team that, that was, you know, fighting for something every single week. So there was no point me, to a certain degree, going to another premiership club or, you know, I, I thought it was the right league, the right club um, at, at the right time because, you know, once you get to that point, I think I was 20, 21 maybe at the time, I had to play. You know, I had to go somewhere where I could I could really prove that I could play every week. And uh, that, 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 that didn't bother me at all going to, going to that level. Is that how Billy Bob told you to move? You will come here and you will play, use it as maybe a stepping stone to get back up again? Yeah, I think I think they knew straight away if they were prepared to pay the money for me. Um, and again, it's not it was it's not big money. It's not big money now. It wasn't wasn't particularly big money then. But I knew that if they were prepared to pay that money for me, that they they definitely wanted me. And and he'd done his homework on me. I know he'd been to a number of you know reserve games we had prior to that. He knew all about me as a player. Um, and and that and that's something that that drew me to the club as well and drew me to to him because it wasn't a case of just you know uh, we think we want you here we think we want you at the club it, I knew that they wanted me at that point so um, when you're a player and you and you know that a, a manager definitely wants you there um, then I think it's it you'd be stupid not to go because. You, you really hit the ground running that first season. I know the first game was a bit of a blip. I think we played Wimbledon, didn't we, in the League Cup? And uh, I think we came out on the wrong end of a spanking. Yeah, we did. We, we, we certainly did. And I remember that game very well as well. That was uh, Vinnie Jones played in that game. So it was my first, um, you know, first club game for the club, but also playing against him and Wimbledon at the time we were a good, we were a good team. Um, but yeah, I mean, things just seem to, have, as I said, just felt right, right from the start and not just, you know, being around the training ground with the guys and the coaches and all that. But as soon as I started to play and play at the den, it just, it just felt right. And it, 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 I was really pleased I made the move. Uh, that first season, very good season. I think you scored 11 goals, didn't you? Yeah, and, and, and we, it was really frustrating actually looking back on it because I think if you look at I don't know it might have been a December January time I think we were in the really pushing to to get in the playoffs and really do well and we had a, a really good spell and it just sort of tailed away towards the end but it felt really good for me as as, as far as um you know scoring goals and I think in that first year you know as it happened throughout my career, really, there was times I was playing up top, you know, as a forward, there was times I was playing in midfield. But, um, you know, I think it, it, it just worked out and I managed to get a few goals and obviously create a few and, um, you know, hopefully help the team along the way. And we started to, you know, started to introduce a few good youngsters as well. So uh, it, it was a good time, yeah. So what kind of went wrong that season? Because as you said, we yeah we had a decent first half of the season, and then it kind of started going wrong around about Christmas, didn't it? In January, we had well we had a few a few 
successive defeats, I think four or five, six, wasn't it? And yeah, it, it was so frustrating that the fact that we were. I remember, I remember going that first year. We went to Watford. We won one nil at Watford, and we we were really playing well in in a lot of really good games. And um, you know, we were very organised. And and you know, I remember Maka, you know, Alan McClure was playing at the back, and we were very solid and. Um, things things were going well, and it, it just it just unfortunately we just seemed to you know it, it tailed away. I think we probably got a couple of injuries, and we just didn't didn't we couldn't keep it going, and um, it, it was really disappointing because I think early in the year we felt like we could beat anyone, and the biggest part of us at, at that time is we were we felt organised as a team, you know, defensively really solid um you know and, and and things things were going really well and uh you know we had some good experience in the team as well and uh we just faded unfortunately and uh, that was that was really frustrating yeah i'm, I'm just yeah. looking at it now because you were player of the year i think that season weren't you i think it was that one yeah yeah i think it was yeah i think it was just before uh rhino came in as a coach yeah as, as a manager so yeah that was the uh yeah, I think it was the first year. Because yeah, you mentioned that we'd started introducing players. We'd started introducing the likes of Tim Cahill, wouldn't we? Neil Harris, I think, came in that season, and uh, Lucas Neal, Stephen yeah. Mead. And what was it like to to see those come through? It was actually really good because I remember um, we would do quite a bit where say on a Thursday or a Friday, the first team would play against a youth team, obviously, like that happens all, all, all the time. And um, we, uh, I remember some of those games and, and we would always say, geez, there's some good kids here. There's some good kids coming through. And, um, you know, gradually as the season wore on and unfortunately we wasn't getting the results that we wanted to, to really push on. And some of those kids started to be introduced. And, um, you know, as you said, Neil Harris was cho- chopper was bought or in in as well and, and he got going pretty quickly as well so we suddenly ended up having a core of players that Richard Sadlier came through as well and um, there, was, there was a core of players that were really knocking on the door and and and, and we knew it was it was a good time for the club because I think the club were in a, in a, in a starting to get into a decent position financially uh, good kids coming through that they could introduce into the squad that that would make the, make the team obviously stronger. So we knew, I think, going into that yeah, following season that we would have a, a real good core of players because with what we had, obviously some of the older players had left and obviously some of the young players coming through. We, we had a good squad moving forward, uh, not not just for the next year, but you know, for, for, for years to come. What was your first impressions of Chopper when he first came in? Because he'd obviously come in from... Cambridge City, hadn't he? I have almost got that wrong and saying Cambridge United, but it was actually Cambridge City. And I actually saw his first trial game, which I think was a reserve game at home. And I saw him in the car park afterwards and he had this bag. And I thought, who in the earth is this fella? He got met by somebody. I think he'd actually scored in a game. I can't remember now. So- right. I think it was, it was interesting because I um, didn't obviously know much about him. Um, and... Uh, you know, he came in, and uh, at first, obviously, you know, he's, he's 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 nervous around the club, and he was nervous in his first few few sessions and things like that. But it was one of those that, as he started to feel comfortable, um, and as he obviously played a little bit more, you could 
see there was real quality there um, and uh, you know gradually started to, to play some more games and 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 once he got com- comfortable and confident as a player then then you knew that he was just going to go on and, and and become you know a, a really good player I mean obviously you, you, you didn't know that at that point that he would go on and, and be as, as good as he did for the club and um but I think, you know, it, it was a real good, it's one of those real good finds for a club because to go into non-league, as you, as, as you know, and has happened over, over, the, over the years, you can find some very good players. But, you know, especially being in London and in and around London, there's an awful lot of clubs that probably looked at him as well, you know, and, and, and didn't obviously uh, go for him at the time. And obviously the, the club did, Millwall did. And that was, that was great for them because... You know, they obviously got one hell of a player um, over the years and uh, obviously then a, then a manager after that. So uh, that was a great find. And um, it was just it was just a just a really good, smart player, you know, real smart player. Billy Bonds doesn't really get the credit for uh, for quite a lot of things off, off, yeah, off Millwall fans, I think. He bought in, yeah, but he bought in Harris and he bought in any kind of brought through that nucleus of young players that we've been talking about, the Cahills, the Reeds and people like that. What was it like to play under Billy Bonds? Because he was a London football legend, but on a club that we don't really talk about so much. No, and I, and I think it was obviously, you know, with his connections with West Ham, I think, it, you know, it was it was tough for him, if you like. He had to win and he knew that. But... Again, like we were talking earlier with, with Bruce Rioch, um, Billy Bonds is a no-nonsense, tell you how it is guy. And and again, I really enjoyed that. I really liked that. He got us incredibly fit. It was the fittest I'd ever been. I'd never I'd never done work like we, we did at that point. Um, the work throughout the week was incredibly hard physically. Um but again, I think looking back on it, it was exactly what I needed and it was exactly what the team needed at, at that time. And uh, he wanted his teams to go out, express themselves, but but work extremely hard. He wouldn't, he wouldn't, um, you know, he, he, he would be the first one to tell anybody if they didn't feel, if he didn't feel like they were working hard. He could, he could forgive, you know, you know, playing so well at times or things not quite going, don't going so well in games. But if he thought that you were not working hard for the team, he just wouldn't play you. That would be as simple as that. He wouldn't even play you. And and again, I think as a player, you, you respect that. that. That's something that, that, that should happen without without doubt. You should work hard. You should be able to give your best for your team and for your teammates every single game. And uh, he was really big on that. As we know, what type of player he was himself. I don't think he he would have that for many players that he played with, you know, and so he was definitely not having that as a manager. And um, you know, as I said, he got us really fit. I, I I had a lot of respect for him, and and I think it was just it was really tough because at that time, as I said, he got us really organised, and and we were going in the right direction. And um, unfortunately, it all dropped off at the wrong time at the end of that year, and obviously he, he lost his job. But uh, towards the end of that year. I think he just wanted to, wanted to look forward. I mean, he wanted to look for the giving the young players an opportunity to, to look after the club and make sure that they're moving in the right direction. And uh, unfortunately, he for him, he was not uh, you know there there after that year. But um, 
he wanted to make sure that, that those young players had the opportunity. But a real good guy. Will, you know, honestly, he was he was one of these player guys that was football mad. He would talk about it over and over again. He would talk in the dressing room after games about the game. He just loved it. And, um, you know, I, I had a lot of respect for him. What was the Millwall dressing room like at that time? Because I guess you had, yeah, well, yeah, as you said, he was pretty uncompromising. I guess you still have Rhino around, Alan McCleary. I think that Jimmy Carter had come back by then, didn't he, from Arsenal briefly? Yeah, we had we had Andy Gray, Paul Wilkinson, more experienced players there. Um, and, and the dressing room was great, actually. And as I said, we, Nigel Spink was there at the time. So we had a lot of experienced players. Um, Paul Allen, geez, the names are just just coming to me as they were there. So a lot of experienced players that have played at high levels, and I, and I think for me as a young player at that time, that was exactly what I needed because you're not only learning from a, a manager that played obviously at a very high level, but there was a lot, a lot of players there that played at a high level that I could learn of. Um, so, the, so that was really good. And and I, but as I said, as the season wore on. You know, that dressing room changed a little bit because we then started to add some more younger players and obviously players like Chopper that we brought in. Um, and it sort of changed a little bit. At the end of that season, a lot of those older players moved on um, and the, the the team almost went from a very experienced team to a really young team within sort of uh, five or six months. But, um, I, 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 yeah, I, I had a lot of respect for those, those older players that uh, there at that time. And I guess being a younger player as you were then, it, it's better to have those characters around as opposed to, oh, we just come from Arsenal and they place everything on your shoulders. So at least you could kind of blend into the background a little bit, couldn't you? And uh, Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I felt like it was, again, it was a very easy um, dressing room to go into. Um, the guys were very welcoming. Um, and as you said, there was no me coming in, coming from Arsenal or me coming in and, you know, expecting to do this or that. It was just me coming in as another player. And, uh, you know, that's what I really liked about it. And uh, but they expected you to work as hard as, as anybody else. And uh, and if you didn't do that, it, you know, Billy Bonds would tell you. But if he didn't, the players for sure would tell you. There is no doubt. People like people like Andy Gray. I remember Andy Gray was such a great character. Um, you know, such a competitor. As soon as you walked over that white line into those games, he was on it. And then obviously you had people like Rhino around and people like that. So, you know, you you had to pull your weight if you like, you know. Yeah, they certainly yeah. weren't put up with any big time Charlies coming from Arsenal, were they? No, no. And and that's good because you couldn't do that. Uh, at Arsenal, there is no doubt about that. You had to make sure that you put your work in there and going to a club like Millwall, that you had to make sure that you did that because everyone knew that every point was really important. Winning games was so important, and it what and it you, you go from a completely different environment. You know, for me as a young player, you're playing in some reserve games that, you know, of course, you know, some of them are so-so. You know, and but then you go into a competitive environment where every point is important. And I think I remember in that first year, I think I played in virtually every game. Um, and so I, I think by the end of the year, I was, um, I knew what 
league football was all about. You know, I knew what was needed um, and it was a great first year for me. Obviously, it tailed off as far as results, but um, it made me realise what professional football was all about. And uh, that, that was why it was it was a great move for me. And what was it like playing in front of a Millwall crowd who aren't exactly backwards in coming forwards? Again, again, again I, found, I found it great. I used to love every game, um, home and away, because you knew when you when you played away, you'd have a good following, and um, you almost didn't want to let those guys down more than playing at home, because you knew that they would they would follow you, whatever. I remember playing at some games. I mean. Um, there's a couple of games that really stand out. I remember once we played York away on a, I don't know if it was a Saturday, but we had, again, a decent crowd going. Um, and then I remember, we, you know, other games like when we played Fulham away and having a, a, a great number of play, uh, supporters there. You don't you don't want to let those fans down. And, and that's the thing. If you do let them down, they'll tell you. It, there, there's no doubt about it. And and, and that was great. I, I, I just thoroughly enjoyed playing at the Den um, in front of them and um, because again they're very honest but I think the one thing I always realised with the, with the fans there at Millwall is that if you give 100% and put everything in for every single game they'll back you the, the fans will back you there is no doubt about it of course they want teams to win all the time and they want you to to, to play well and, and, and everything else but if you give everything, then then they'll get behind you. Again, if you don't, they'll let you know. That's fine. Um, we were talking just before we started recording. You actually got your own song, which <laughs> which I know that you were going a bit thin on top, and only Millwall fans could start, <laughs> buddy. He's singing a song about Baldy Baldy Shaw. What was that like to actually? It, it was funny. It was funny actually because it was it was great being on the on the pitch and and hearing that. But um, one of the biggest things was was being you know like my dad and my brother used to go to a lot of games and for them to hear that in in the stands, as I said, they they'd only experienced me playing in reserve games in the odd little spell on loan. So 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 to actually hear that from their own fans in the in, in the stands was great. But um, that was. Um, that was interesting. It was great. I mean, it was it was good that they they took the time to do that, and uh, they took every every opportunity to to sing it, and uh, it was good. It was fine. Yeah, but it must have made you pretty self-aware. <laughs> no, it did. I mean, you know, if I wasn't sure what was happening as far as losing my hair, they would let me know that. So it was um, there was no. It was funny because you know, just previously, like about a year before that, um, knowing that I was going, as you said, a little bit thin on top. I decided to to get rid of whatever I did have up there, and um, and and that was the best decision I made. So, so I think going to Millwall, um, you know, if you if you're a little bit self conscious, then uh, you're going to find it tough. So being a being a a, a guy in my early twenties that had the same haircut that I have now, um, if I was self conscious and a little bit unsure, then uh, they would certainly let me know. But uh, no, it was all good. So after Billy Bonds left, Rhino took over. Uh, what were your thoughts when, yeah, when, yeah, when initially you heard that appointment? I, I wasn't surprised. I was. Um, I thought that obviously, if Billy Bonds was not going to stay, that that would be something that the club would do. 
Wino was coming towards the end of his career. He made no secret of the fact that he wanted to um, be a manager. And obviously being a manager at Millwall made sense, considering the legend he was. And, um, you know, I thought that that, 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 that I wouldn't surprise that, that that happened. And I think obviously initially he came in with Maka, you know, they, they came in together as an, an initially. So um, having two very experienced coaches, um, as far as you know, experience as far as the players, but going into 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 coaching, I thought made sense for the club. Yeah, was it good to play under him? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, very good. Uh, you know, I think I think with with Rhino, um, you, you again, you knew what you're going to get. There, in, but he was actually a lot mellower than I thought he would be. Yeah. As a coach. No chance, really. He was honestly. Uh, you, you, you see him as as what maybe he is as a as a um, as a player, and you think you're going to get this 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 really aggressive guy, if you like, as a as a as a manager. And he wasn't at all like that. He was, um, you know, he had his moments for sure, but um, he, he he knew he knew exactly what he wanted. Um, but he was actually. Pretty mellow at times. I was I was surprised, and uh, um, I think it was the right right thing because I think player, players knew what they were, if you like, what they were going to get with him. But sort of pleasantly surprised that he was. There was times that you thought you were going to get a rocket, and uh, you know he didn't. You know, and then other times that he, he would. But he what he he was he was pretty mild to be honest. I thought. Was it difficult from your point of view? All of a sudden, yeah, one minute he's your mate and you're laughing and joking in the changing room and, and on the training pitch. And the next minute, he's your manager and he's telling you what to do. Yeah, sometimes that becomes a little bit um, surprising. But I think I think the good part, in a way, what the club did at that time is, is, is a lot of the more experienced players or the players that were around um, Rhino's age they moved on so he actually inherited a, a squad that was actually quite young and and a, and a squad that obviously really respected him as, as you said some of those younger players that we, we mentioned were starting to come through they were part of the first team squad all the time so naturally he had the respect of those guys um I can't remember what senior players did, did stay but most of them I think moved on so I think it was easier for him to be able to Manage that that dressing room, considering it was a lot more younger players, you know, at the time. Yeah, but it must have been good that that you were starting to play with players a little bit younger, and you could see what the club were trying to do at that stage. Oh yeah, I mean, there was no doubt that once those players started to get introduced and uh, started to play regularly, that there was an awful lot of talent there. And, and a lot of talent. So we ended up going from a from a probably like an experienced team um, to a, a really a young team. And you know you had Chopper, you had Sads that came in. Uh, obviously Lucas Neal came in, Tim Cahill, and they brought younger players like Joe Dolan in in, in as well. Um, on August 25th, I'm the most brutal, vicious, ruthless champion that's ever been. The most anticipated original series is here. 
You may know Tyson. You're the heavyweight champion of the world, young, rich, and black. But do you know Mike? The minute you get too big, they gotta cut you down. Starring Trevante Rhodes. I'm I am Mike. And Harvey Keitel. They'll love you as much as they fear you. Now I'm really gonna have some fun. Mike. Series premiere August 25th, only on Hulu. Your work technology should help your organization run better. Monday.com is an intuitive platform designed to help teams of all sizes work better together and maximize results. With Monday.com, you can easily customize your workflows to fit your team's exact needs and create automated updates to keep everyone up to speed in real time. Experience the power of a single platform that replaces your costly tech toolbox and the headache that comes with it. To start your 14-day free trial, go to Monday.com. There's probably more, there's a lot more that I've missed out, but the, the team became very young and so... We did very well. We were obviously inconsistent at times, but I think everybody could see which way the, the club was going. And it, it was certainly a, an exciting time for the club. And Rhino kind of moulded that team into his own kind of way because I want to talk about a game against Manchester City at the Den that finished 1-1 in October 1998. Yep. And you got sent off, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I, I know, and it was it was. I remember it very well. It was a, a challenge by Tony Vaughan that was actually right by the dug the dugouts there, and um, a pretty poor challenge, I must admit, from him on me, which I I reacted to. I shouldn't have, um, but I did, and um, yeah, unfortunately, got got sent off at the time, and uh, um, that was frustrating. But but again, that was a time when. I mean, I remember the atmosphere in that game. The atmosphere was was fantastic. It was just, um, and we had a young, energetic team that just wanted to play against everybody. And uh, um, you know, it's frustrating for me that you know I ended up getting sent off. But I think that was just part of what we were at as 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 a, as a team at that point. You know, we would all look after each other, and we wanted didn't want to get bullied by anybody, and uh, wanted to prove that we were. Good enough, but not just good enough, but if you like, man enough to deal with these big clubs, if if you like, that we're playing against. And uh, um, I think we did that at the time because we, we really started to grow as a as a team. Because I remember yeah. that game well. The atmosphere in the den that night was absolutely evil. It was, and then that tackle sparked like a mass brawl, and off you two trotted off, and it just just went from there didn't it pitch invasions being kept weren't the players kept behind after the game or something yeah it, I hope you're not saying it was all my fault that that, that was uh... <laughs> yeah no but it was obviously Tony Vaughan's fault for no of course yeah but, no, but, foul. but no we ended up having a bit of a back and forth with them I think over a couple of years with Man City because uh, I think I remember the game at Main Road that year I think it was that year um Again, we brought a lot of supporters, and uh, it was it was a, a pretty intense game. I think they won that game, but um, but yeah, you're right. I think that game was the atmosphere was set from the fans. It was a, it was a great atmosphere, and um, as I said, we, we're just a, a, a young team at that time that wanted to prove that we were we were good enough to play against these big big clubs, so-called big clubs. You know, nobody's any different when they get on the field, but. Um, and, and we were good enough to, to play against them, which we, we knew straight away. We knew that ourselves. We just wanted to prove it to everybody else. And you couldn't afford to let teams 
bully you, could you, well, for the want of a better word, push a young side around you, you had to set your own mark. And well, to do that at Millwall in front of a full house, there's no, <laughs> yeah, there's no bigger way of doing it, really, is there? No, and I, and I think that a little bit was the attitude away from the club to us, um, especially at that point that we were a, you know, we were a young team, not sure that if we can really look after ourselves. You know, people thought that, yes, you know, we had some talent and we had some good players, but against these, you know, if you like, more experienced clubs, were we going to be able to deal with it? Um, if if we didn't, then we were, you know, we would certainly found out. And um, we didn't want it to be like that. We wanted to make sure that we knew that um, that people knew or big clubs knew that, that we were good enough. And uh, I think we proved that pretty quickly within that season. So what did Ryan do when we sat in the dressing room after the game? You were almost in disgrace having been sent off. I, I honestly can't remember. I, I would have, I, 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 there's no doubt I would have remembered if he'd have gone in and hammered me. So I definitely, definitely didn't do that. Um, I, I honestly can't remember. So I think it was just a case of it happens. Um, well, it's as probably we know, probably know. <laughs> yeah, but it's probably tied from Ryan, wasn't it? Yeah, I know. I was just <laughs> saying he's probably he's been in that situation. He's been in that situation before himself as a player. And um, so I think it was just a case of, you know, I think to a certain degree, I was sort of lucky that, you know, both of us got sent off and, and not just me and uh, would, have, would have put our team in a, in a few, in a spot of bother. But no, it was, it, it was obviously both of us got sent off and I don't, I don't, I don't remember what his reaction was, to be honest. Because that was the year when I think we had the Wembley run, didn't we? For the auto windscreen shield. Now, then yeah. you played in the early rounds didn't you and then you and then you missed out on Wembley yeah yeah that was really frustrating from a from a personal standpoint because I think it was around about January time we were doing all right in the league um obviously doing well in that auto windscreens at the time and uh, I had a I had a groin injury which I w- I had for about a month I was really just trying to nurse it trying to get through it um, it wasn't going away. It wasn't healing. It, it just and I, and I remember kept playing on it and, and carrying on, and it ended up getting to a point where I need I knew I needed a, a hernia operation. And um, the frustrating part for me is I knew the timeline of my return, and my return was going to be literally as we played in that final, if we got to the final um, at Wembley, and so. It was, obviously, I did all I could to get myself fit, get myself ready. Um, and I think I played in one or played half a game in the game before the Wembley, um, but didn't, obviously, didn't didn't feature at Wembley. And, um, you know, it was frustrating because, obviously, for me, having the opportunity to play at Wembley would have been great. Um, but, unfortunately, I just couldn't come back early enough from, from my injury to be able to force myself into into the team and uh, that was a that was a really to be honest that was a, a low point in my career because you know as a player to the opportunity to play at places like Wembley or in any type of, of final is you, you don't want to miss those opportunities and uh, I remember the, the the weeks before in my rehab 
and the team were obviously doing well and got through the final stages of the of the of the tournament and got to the to the final. I knew that I would be right on that that final before I was recovered. And um, you know, I, I, I getting I was on the bench at the time at Wembley, so I thought I had a, a chance, obviously, of featuring in the game. Um, it, it didn't happen, and so yeah, it was, that was a real low point of uh, of my career. Was Wembley like a carrot that was dangled in front of you during this rehab? That it was like some light at the end of the tunnel, but a cruel light at the end of the tunnel at that. Yeah, it was because, as I said, you know, I always had that as a thought of, you know, wanting to come back. And the frustration for me, looking back now, is that was the only operation I had in my whole career. I was lucky, you know, and so to have it at that point, um, knowing that, you know, Wembley was there and I had the chance of, of possibly playing at Wembley, was it, it drove me to, to obviously, you know, get my rehab sorted out and quickly but I knew I knew from the timeline that I was really pushing it and um it was yeah it was really frustrating the fact that you know if, if Wembley was a month later you know I'd probably got myself in a in a obviously a better condition and had a better chance of, of featuring in the game but um you know it wasn't and and that was really tough but uh it happens you know it happens to a lot of players and uh you know it, it was just unfortunate what was the build-up to the game like? Because obviously you said you were on the bench, so you were in and around the squad. And what was it like? It was great. I mean, again, it was it, the club treated us really well. I remember that week prior, we had the top-notch preparation for the for the game, and uh, you know, obviously, just all that going to Wembley, all that build-up, everything around it, just just. It, it just felt so special. Wembley was a is a special place, and um, you know, just the build up of that, knowing that you're you're building up to a game at Wembley, just to get in there, get into the stadium, preparing for the game, walking out before the game, on 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 the on the field, and uh, starting your warm up. It's just it was really special, um, and you know, I think it was great for for everybody for the club at, at the time. But unfortunately, Wigan beat us in the game, and. Um, that obviously was disappointing because the after the game uh, was 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 not as good. Obviously, you know everyone's disappointed that we've lost. You know you didn't you don't want to go to Wembley or play in any final and lose. You know nobody remembers losers. Nobody remembers somebody that that comes second. You know and unfortunately we we lost that game and and, and that was really disappointing. I think what probably oh. made it worse for most people was the whole of the stadium was Millwall fans. And they went and scored what in the last minute, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, they did, and 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 that's the thing. The atmosphere was great uh, inside the stadium, and uh, yeah, we're gonna have a very small corner of of a few supporters, and that was it. And yeah, it was a really late goal, and uh, you know that was tough for tough for everybody to take, and obviously including the fans. Would you have got on in extra time? Oh, so I know that. I don't know. But, uh, you know, I, I, I really don't know. I mean, obviously, yeah. Nobody you know, hadn't you, said anything. No, no, no. They, they, they hadn't said anything. Of course, as the game wore on, um, maybe that was was the plan, obviously, as, as tired legs started. And, uh, you know, probably you know, half an hour was the max that I would probably have been able to play at that time. 
um, coming back from injury. So maybe at some point in extra time, I would have I would have got on, which would have been nice to to maybe have an opportunity to change the game or influence the game in in some way. But um, yeah, it didn't happen, and that was uh, that was frustrating. And then we move on to your third season at the club. What yeah, what do you remember about that third season? Yeah, again, that was a, a tough time because I think um, at the time, uh, Chopper and Richard Sadlier had really pushed on as as two forwards at the club and um, two young players that were playing really well. They had a way of playing with Rhino that, that was working um, and it was a case of me just sort of playing the, the odd game here and there and, um, you know, it was it was tough. But at the end of the day, I... I, I I had no complaints. The team were playing well. The team were doing well at the time. Um, and, you know, obviously the two players that were playing as, as forwards were, were playing well. So um, I just had to get whatever minutes I could. Um, you know, as we, unfortunately, we got to the, um, into the playoffs and I think lost at Wigan again. Was it at Wigan? I think it was yeah. at Wigan. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, and, and I pretty much knew after that that um, it was probably the right time for, for me to move on. You know, again, you know, I think we're always driven by the same thing. You know, I want to play, you know, and I want to play in someone's first team. And, um, you know, I think the way that Millwall were going at that time, the young players were really pushing through and, and playing well and the team was, was on the up. So I knew it would be difficult to to stay at Millwall and, and play the, the number of games that I wanted to play. So, unfortunately, you know, I... I I came to that decision that I had to move on. The club were great, to be honest. I remember talking to the chairman at the time, Theo Profitis, about it. You know, he he, he, say, he asked me to, if, if, if I would consider staying. Um, but I think it, at that time, it was just right for me to to move on and uh, try and find some games somewhere else. Yeah, because I guess you were at the middle part of your career then, weren't you? So you weren't quite ready to back up Good players, mind you, Sads and uh, and and Neil Harris. So I guess it, I guess it probably reached a natural conclusion, didn't it? Yeah, I mean the thing is, I think you know I'd gone the sort of the whole season at that, that point. It wasn't as if I just sort of lost my place towards the end of the season. Yeah. You know, I'd sort of been in and out all season anyway. So um, and as I said, I, I knew the way that. Uh, the club was with those two guys and other guys playing really well and the way that the team uh, was set up. Um, that I think, you know, like you said, I think I was 24 at the time, 24, 25, and it was the right time for me to 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 again move on. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't want to, I did at that point, I didn't want to, you know, stay at a club where I thought that maybe I wasn't going to play. Um, you know, on the flip side of that, I love playing there. And, and I love the area. We were settled in that area and, and I lived actually right by the, the training ground, right next to the training ground, literally. So I, I, it wasn't ideal for me to move anywhere else, but it was purely just a, a footballing decision. So there were no late fines for you? No, what, sorry? So there were no late fines for you for being late for training? No, honestly, I was that close that I walked. I, I literally was. I was walking to training. So, uh, yeah, I, I had no excuse if I was late. What do you remember about the Wigan playoff game? Because you didn't play in the first game, did you? The nil-nil at the Den. 
but you played in I think you came off the bench didn't you in the in the one nil defeat up there yeah I remember both games it was a really tight game the the, the, the first one um and actually obviously the second one was really tight and uh, yeah I got on towards the end as we were pushing to try and get an equalizer and uh, um I remember we threw we had tons of forwards on at the time um towards the end trying to obviously get the get the goal back so um that was really frustrating for us as a as a set of players because I think as I said to you earlier I think we started the season trying to prove ourselves as you know, you know a, a good team and a team that could look after themselves we proved that we've gone throughout the whole season obviously did really well throughout the season got ourselves to the playoffs and we thought we were ready um to get promoted and ready to go into the championship and um you know we thought we were good enough and ready to do that so to lose that game was a real real disappointment for 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 everybody because you know I know I know the team did it I think the season after which was great and uh, but I think we were ready that year before as well would part of you have been tempted to have stayed if Millwall had been promoted to the championship yeah for sure Sure, for sure. I think, you know, as a, as a player, you have to have that ambition to play as, as high a level as you possibly can. Um, and, you know, I think naturally, if, if the team had got promoted, then there's a good chance I maybe maybe would have stayed. Who knows? I mean, obviously, I'd have had to have those discussions with the manager and obviously the chairman and see what their thoughts are. But, of course, you know, at that time, as as... Gillingham came in and they were in the championship. I knew that uh, that was that was the right place for me at, at that point. Yeah, there's more of a temptation, isn't there? If you've got yeah, but if you're playing at the higher level, is to actually hang around for a year, see how it goes. I don't know injuries, that kind of thing might have taken hold. So you might have got a few more runner games. Yeah, and 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 that's the thing. You're playing at a higher level, so. You know, the team maybe would have changed a little bit more. As I said, things would have maybe been a little bit different. And, uh, you know, the team probably would have had a, a larger squad if they were in the championship and would have invested a little bit more in, in different players. So, you know, there would have been that 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 temptation to, to stay. But, um, you know, I think, unfortunately, as we did lose to Wigan. What was it like negotiating with Theo? Because, obviously, this big character on Dragon's Den... Big businessman, tight as a duck's whatever, <laughs> yeah. And you're having to go in and you're telling Phil, I really want to leave, mate. Yeah, I mean, it, it was just, it was just, a, it was just a good, it was a good conversation. It was fine. He was, as I said, he was trying to say to me to stay for another year, um, which was good. Good to hear that. I mean, obviously, that he did, um, but I think. You know, ultimately, he understood my situation. He understood what they had at the club at the time with, with good young players playing well in my position. And uh, I think ultimately he understood, you know, it was good that he wanted me to stay at the club. But I think he un understood my reasons for, uh, uh, at that point, wanting to move on, which I think was right for, for everybody. And he got quite a good prize for you as well, didn't he? Typical Theo. <laughs> yeah, but he got, what, 450 grand for you, didn't he? Which was obviously a substantial profit on what we'd paid for you three years before. Yeah, I mean, I think I think at that time, you know, again, 
like we said about, about before I joined Millwall, we'd actually played against Gillingham a number of times um, in the previous couple of years, you know, for Millwall, and I'd always managed to um, do okay in those games, you know, against Gillingham. So I knew that, um, uh, you know, as that season ended, that, that, that they were interested. Um, and as I said, they were a club that was in the in the championship at the time. And yeah, they did. The, the, the club, which I was really pleased with, got a decent fee for me. So I think it worked out for everybody. Because there was always a bit of local rivalry. I know we don't class them as rivals, but we're probably about the nearest that they've got to rivals. So there's always a little, there was always a thing, because there's a lot of Millwall fans from Kent. Yeah, well, obviously it's a bastion of uh, Millwall supporters like Mickey. Uh, so, so there was always something there between the two sides, wasn't there? There was always a little bit of, little bit of edge in those games and yeah there was I mean I think playing in those games it obviously definitely had a derby feel about it um for sure um you know I think it it were two clubs obviously in similar leagues at the time um and and really had some competitive games in, in those those years so I think uh you know they were always close games always well fought games and um you know, I think, you know, it was a little bit between the, the two supporters, not anything major, but, um, you know, I think it was it was good. There were two local teams and that, and that was an, another thing for me. Again, at that point, I wasn't prepared to move away. I was happy living where I was living and um, didn't want to move anywhere outside London at that point. So, um, you know, it made sense from a geographical uh, point of view as well. Did you have a lot of offers? Or was Gillingham the only real serious uh, contender? No, I had a couple of uh, interested clubs. But again, I think at that point, Gillingham were the only ones that really put a firm offer in. Um, and, uh, you know, once again, Tony Pulis had just left. Andy Hesentala was taking over. So once I spoke with him, once I spoke with the chairman there, um, I knew that that was a place that, uh, that I wanted to be. You know, they'd just gone up, so... It was a uh, it was a no brainer for me at that point. Because actually, the chairman's a Millwall fan, isn't he, Paul Scally? Yeah, I mean, and and that that was the thing. I think you know, talking to him at that time um, was it, it was almost like very similar to when I first went to Millwall. You know, I think it was a club that was on the up. Um, that was a good thing about both those clubs at the time. They were really ambitious, wanted to move forward, wanted to 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 be better, if you like. And, um, you know, that was what I liked about when I first joined Millwall. And that was one of the reasons why I wanted to go to Gillingham at that point. So um, both clubs were definitely on the up. Was it tough going past the Millwall training round every day? Because obviously you were living within walking distance. Yeah, it was interesting actually at the time because um, I remember I lived obviously very close we had Marlon King that lived literally right around the corner and um, Naira Noseworthy. And we used to drive together. So there was the three of us that literally lived right there at the Millwall training ground that used to obviously drive together to, to training. So, um, yeah, that was strange considering we were so close to, to the training ground. But, uh, you know, it's not actually that far, obviously, as you know, to, to Gillingham. So it, it worked out. 
you were just the other side of the world if you're a Millwall fan and you go in there on a Saturday afternoon for a game. And, and then you, because you had, what, three or four years there, didn't you? And uh, you, yeah, but did you play against Millwall again? I think you must have done because we'd actually been promoted into the championship, I think, a season or so after. Yeah, so not in the, not in the first year, not in my first year at Gillingham. But at the end of that year, Gillingham got, I'm sorry, Millwall got promoted. So after that, um, both teams were in the championship. And I remember playing a few times um, against Millwall. So, um, I mean, I, I knew pretty much that, that Millwall, it was just a matter of time before they got promoted. As I said, the players that they had at that time in the team um, and the way the club was moving forward, I knew that they would get promoted. So, um it was good actually playing in those games and playing in the championship um, because the two two good teams at that point that really wanted to to keep moving forward, you know. What was it like playing against Millwall, considering you've been there for three years and you'd and you'd grown up with a lot of those young lads that were now hardened professionals, weren't they? Yeah, it was it was strange at first. It was it was definitely strange, but you, you you sort of get used to that. That that's something that you have to do. I remember playing against Millwall for Sheffield United a few times. Um, you know, so I think that was something that you just get used to. It, the, the the hardest part I've I've always found is you 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 spend a number of years going into one changing room. That when you go back there, that you're going to go into a different one, and um, that was. That was always different. That was always strange. You know, you come out of a go in and come out of a different changing room, and uh, you know you're not the home team anymore. You're the away team, and uh, things are different there. You know, but uh, once again, like like everybody, like probably speaks for all pros. Once you get going, once the games start, um, it's all the same, really. Mate, at least you were in the situation as Cherno Samba, who we spoke to last week to do a similar type of interview who actually played on on trial for Portsmouth against Millwall at Millwall whilst as a Millwall player. So, <laughs> <laughs> really? There can't have been too many that had that. No. 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 So, at least you were saved from that situation. Uh, yeah, that's right, yeah. So, well, we'll move forward now uh, and, and start to wrap this up. You've been in America for a few years now, haven't you? What took yeah, you nine, nine years now. Um, I came here um, initially, there was a, a USL club, which is a league just below um, MLS. Um, I, came, I came here as a, as a player, stroke coach at the time. I had the opportunity to come out at a club that was a, it was a start-up club, um, a completely new franchise. Um, I thought it was a great idea at the time because it gave me the opportunity to still finish playing but start coaching. Um, unfortunately, within, or maybe fortunately, but within within a couple of months, the, the, the manager left at the time. I took over the team. Um, we finished the season, which which went okay. Um, then, unfortunately, at the end of that first season, the, the team folded, the club folded, um, which did used to happen a, a fair bit to clubs here in the US. It doesn't happen so much now. Um, but uh, so I was sort of left not knowing, you know, my family were over here, not knowing if I was going to go back to England or um, or stay stay in the US. And um, I was lucky because here in Orlando, 
Um, the team was just starting, the club was just starting, and, and the, the coach at the time was Adrian Heath. And I played with him when I went, went on loan to Burnley. So um, he contacted me when he heard about the club folding, said that they were starting, obviously the club was starting here. Um, would I want to be part of the youth set up here? Um, and uh, once I'd obviously chatted to him a little bit about it, it was it was something I wanted to do. You know, I think we'd, we'd had a, a sort of a year and a half in, in the US, in New York, and um, wanted to stay, you know, wanted to stay within the country. Obviously, moving down here, um, was very different to New York, but um, you know it was a, it was it was good at the time. It was the right move for me, um, and I've, I've stayed here ever since. So it, it's really worked out. Did you decide during your playing career that oh, that you really wanted to go into coaching? And yeah, I think it was uh, you know when I was um, obviously like most players, when you get towards the end of your career, you get to your early thirties or whatever, you're thinking about okay, what's next. Um, I realised I hadn't hadn't earned enough money to do nothing. You know, I needed to do something, and um, you, you know, coaching was <laughs> <laughs> coaching was something that I um, I definitely wanted to do. So I started my doing my coaching licences um, as I was still playing, um, and as I said, that was something that I I knew I wanted to do. And I, I think the the one thing I knew is I knew a lot of players that had obviously played, gone into coaching, and some had obviously stayed in coaching and, and some had found it difficult to get coaching jobs back at home, back in England. So um, when I had the opportunity, as I said, to, to come over here to the US, um, I saw it as a good opportunity of a place that I could really learn coaching and um, and really do it as much as I really wanted to, you know. So uh, coaching was something that I definitely wanted to get involved in. Now, I, I, I must admit, I always thought that I would definitely just stay in senior coaching with with you know senior players that was something that I'd always been around obviously enjoyed that competitive side of it and thought that that was something that I would definitely uh, want to be involved in and um you know as as I said as that transpired I, I became uh, you know involved in the youth and I've just really enjoyed it since I must admit that's something that I, I've really uh, taken to I enjoyed developing young players um, having the opportunity of doing that, and um, you know whether I would ever go back to doing senior senior teams or senior coaching, I don't know. Um, but as I said, it's something that I, I enjoy now seeing kids develop, seeing them move on, and um, become better players and better people. Are American kids more receptive and easier to coach than maybe kids that are over in this country? I don't know. I, I think there's different challenges. You know, I think over here, when you find, like everywhere, I think when you find top kids, uh, top players, I'm saying, you know, and, and we have boys and girls are here at the club and, and, they're, and they're both the same, to be honest. You know, top kids are top kids and they really want to learn. They're like sponges. They, they, they want to be developed. Um, you know, I think you always have your challenges with kids. You know, sometimes there's a... The kids that don't really want to be developed, sometimes there's a, obviously behavioural issues that you have to deal with. But that, but that's part of being a coach, I think, and part of what, you know, I've really enjoyed. And luckily, you know, over the years, I've managed to to coach kids, boys and girls, from nine years old to 19 years old. I did the U23s here for a couple of years. And, 
you know, so I've done the full spectrum and um, <clears throat> enjoyed every part of it, but every part is challenging in its own way. You know, dealing with kids is, is different and you have to treat them, you know, slightly different, whether it's boys or girls, whether it's, you know, a 10 year old to a 19 year old. So um, that, that's a challenge, but that's part of developing as a coach, you know. Do you ever see yourself coming back to this country to coach, or are you quite settled in America? Um, no, I wouldn't say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, where I am, it's it's a lot warmer. Um, but no, I think I wouldn't say that it's a definite no, um, because if you'd have said to me, this is what I, I get asked this question a lot, and um, if you'd have said to me those those times that we were talking about when I was at Millwall, Gillingham, if you'd have said to me that. I'd have lived in, in, in Sheffield, I'd have lived in Budapest, I'd have lived in New York and now lived in Orlando, I'd have said no chance. You know, I'd have said, you know, I, I want to stay living in and around London at that time. That's all I wanted to do. So I'm not going to say that I'm going to stay here in, in the US and I'm not going to go anywhere else because who knows what the future holds. Um, to be honest, the, the game, if you like, has given me an awful lot. I'm, I'm really grateful of that. Um, and I think if you want to be involved in this game, if you want to be involved in football, you have to be prepared to to travel. And, and that might be the case. You know, as I said, I've been here for eight years now. Um, I might be here for another eight. I might be here for another eight months and decide to do something different or, or, or go have an offer to do something different. So I would never look at it and, and plan if you, if you like. And I'm, I still consider myself sort of young as a, as a coach so anything could happen in the future to be honest right mate that is absolutely brilliant absolutely superb thank you so much indeed for your time you're welcome with vanguard advice no matter what your retirement goals are they can help you get there and enjoy it for years to come the financial journey is all yours but you never have to take it alone that's the value of ownership Visit Vanguard.com and explore Vanguard advice. All investing is subject to risk. Fund shareholders own the funds that own Vanguard. Services are provided by Vanguard Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Here's the lowdown on lowering bad cholesterol from Lecvio. Lowering bad cholesterol is hard, but you could do hard. You live through five fad diets, 11 sleep training nights, Nine mediocre middle school recitals, one heart attack, and with Lecvio, you can lower your bad cholesterol and keep it low with two doses a year after two starter doses. Prescription Lecvio in glycerin is given by a doctor for people with known heart disease on a statin with diet who need more help lowering bad cholesterol. Common side effects were injection site reaction, joint pain, urinary tract infection, diarrhea, chest cold, pain in legs or arms, and shortness of breath. Results may vary. Learn more at Lecvio.com or call 1-833-537-8462. Ask your doctor about Lecvio. That's L-E-Q-V-I-O. Lower. Longer. Lecvio. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.